glory, 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 glory. It's another episode of Grace and Faith Podcast. Thank you for listening in. It's indeed a privilege to bring God's word to you this day. And I pray that as we look into God's word, our eyes of understanding are further enlightened, our minds are renewed, our lives are transformed, and by the power of God's word and spirit, we will work in precision and accuracy in following God's will for our lives. In the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. Alright, we're going to continue our Made Man series. It's been a super amazing series. We started with The Made Man 1 and 2. Then we moved on to Made Righteous. Then Made to Seed. Then Made and Habitation. And the last episode was Made Accepted. And so today we are looking at Made Near. Made Near. And I'm going to start by reading from Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 11 to 13. It says, Wherefore remember that he being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called on circumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers from the covenant of promise, having no hope, and without God in the world. Verse 13 where I'm going to. It says, But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off, are made near by the blood of Christ. Amen. Alright, before now, only the Jews are considered to be close to God. The Gentiles, that's every non-Jews, are considered to be far away from God. They are considered to be strangers. This is so because God had made a covenant with the father of the Jews, which is Abraham. God caught a covenant with Abraham because he believed in him. And what was the purpose of this covenant? To guide and guard a lineage through which the savior of the world, that is Jesus, would be born. So it was all about bringing Jesus Christ into the world that made God to court a covenant with Abraham. So it wasn't really about Isaac. It wasn't really about Jacob. It wasn't even really about the Israelites. It was really and all about Jesus. That's why if you read Galatians chapter 3, verse 15 to 17, you will see that the seed of Abraham that the promise were given to wasn't even Isaac. But Christ, let me read that, Galatians chapter 3, verse 15 to verse 17. It says, Brethren, I speak after the manner of men, though it be but a man's covenant, yet if it be confirmed, no man disannulleth or hardeth thereto. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made, is yet not unto seeds as of many, but as of one and to thy seed, which is Christ. And these I say, that the covenant that was confirmed before of God in Christ, the law which was 430 years after, cannot disannul, that it should make the promise of non-effect. So you see, God is not the God of the Jews only. He is also the God of the Gentiles. Paul said that in Romans 3.29. So the covenant that was made with Abraham 
that gave the Israelites a sense of closeness to God was all about birthing Christ, the Savior of the world. Hallelujah! Now that Christ has come and has shed his blood for man's redemption, he has made true intimacy with God possible, such that both Jews and Gentiles will need to believe in him to be in true union with God. If they don't, they are lost. So it doesn't matter if a Jew or a Gentile, you will need to believe in Jesus to have true union, true intimacy with God. So we that have believed, Bible says we have now been made near in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. We have now been made near by the blood of Christ. The moment we believed, we entered into true union with God, true intimacy with God. We are no longer strangers. We are sons in God's family. We are citizens of God's kingdom. Praise God. Ephesians chapter 2, the same chapter we read earlier. If we go down to verse 19, it says, Now therefore, ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. You belong to God's family now. You are not a stranger anymore. You are not a foreigner. You are not afar off. You have been brought near. You have been brought close. Hallelujah. There is no greater intimacy than this. You cannot be drawn nearer to God than you are right now. I'll say that again. You cannot be drawn nearer to God than you are right now. Or what better closeness can you have with someone that is in you and you are in him? Hallelujah. That's what the Bible says. He is in you and you are in him. 1 John chapter 3 verse 24. That's the last verse. 1 John 3 verse 24. It says, And he that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him. That's God. He that keepeth God's commandment dwelleth in God. And God in him. And yet but we know that he abided in us. That is God abides in us. Said by the spirit which he had given us. So we are in God. And God is in us. Glory to God. So we can't be closer than we are right now. We can't be drawn nearer. We have made near already by the blood of Christ. And this was possible because you see, God knew exactly where we were. He came for us and he brought us to himself. Oh, glory to God. You know, there was a time I was teaching from um, Luke chapter 15. It's a popular story. Uh, the story of the prodigal son. Well, we call it the prodigal son. The Bible didn't call it that. But we call it the prodigal son. You know, the conventional way of teaching um, that parable, after narrating the old story, you know, there was a man, he had two sons. Um, the younger son came and said, okay, I want uh, my part of your property. Just, just give it to me. Uh, the father gave it to him. After some days, he gathered everything was given. He went to a faraway country spent everything lavishly and then he became broke started suffering tried to get one job or the other but he kept on suffering so at some point he came back to his senses and he told himself like guy i need to go back home 
Even the servants in my father's house are better fed and they are not suffering like this. So he said, I'll just go home and tell my father, okay, I've sinned against heaven. I've sinned against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Just take me as one of your hired servants. You know, he just went ahead to realize what he was going to say. And then the Bible recorded that as the son was coming, the father saw him from afar off and then ran to meet him, hugged him, kissed him. And the, the, the father called his servants. It was like, okay, this, this my son was lost. Now he's found. He's dead. Now he's alive. Get the fatted calf. Kill it. Let's eat. Let's marry. And you know the, the last part of the story. And so we will always say that um, the father represents God. And uh, the prodigal son is uh, maybe a Christian that has gone far away from God. You know, and all of those things. But then there was a day I was going to teach from that uh, scripture, that particular um, parable. And I was going to go in that direction of saying that the father represents God. You know, I was going to say that the, um, that the father showed God's um, compassion and whole. So I was going to say that when the Holy Spirit brought something to my attention, you see, the Holy Spirit made me to realize this, that the father was a man. And so he had limitations. Yes, it's sharing some attribute of God as regards compassion, love, forgiveness, beautiful. But he still had his limitation. For example, he didn't know exactly where the son was. There was no record that he went looking for the son. Even if he did, he probably wouldn't have found him as the son went to a faraway country. So the best the father could do was to patiently wait for him, that's the son, to come home himself. But that wasn't the case with God. God knew exactly where we were. We were dead in our trespasses and in our sins. And God stooped so low to come and meet us there and to bring us out. Glory to God. And that was what made God to become a man. That was what made God to become a man. Bible says, John chapter 1 verse 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Verse 14 added, The Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. Hallelujah. So Jesus came, God that became a man, He suffered in our place. He came to where we were, in this world of sin and death. And He died the death of a sinner. He took on flesh and blood just like a man. And so he, he suffered, he suffered in our place. He took our death. He died the death of his now, even a criminal. He did all of this. And then he rose up again to make it possible for us to be drawn near to God. So God, did, God didn't wait for us to come to him. God in Christ Jesus literally ran towards us. He met us in our sins and trespasses. He hugged us. He, ki he kissed us and brought us out so that we can become who we are in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, greater love had no man than this. That a man will lay down his life for his friends. But actually, Jesus laid down his life for us while we were yet sinners. Bible says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So God didn't wait for us to come. He didn't wait for us to change our minds. He didn't wait for us to change our ways. We were insane. We were disobedient. We were strangers. We were enemies. 
and he made sure that he sent his son to die for us. And by so doing, he made it possible for us to be brought closer to him. He drew us by his love, by his compassion, by his goodness, and by his kindness. Oh, what a beautiful God he is. Hallelujah. So we have been brought near to God. We cannot be closer than we are right now. We have already been brought close to God. Amen. Now, someone can say, but James said that, draw near to God and God will draw near to you. Yes, James said so. But let's read that passage in context to see what James was actually talking about. James chapter 4, verse 8 and verse 9. It says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners. And purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn, and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning, and your joy to heaviness. So what was James talking about here? James was talking about repentance. So whenever you've done something wrong, you need to repent as a believer. You need to repent. And you see that passage, it's a figure of speech. James was writing to Jewish believers who knew exactly how repentance was done under the Old Covenant. If you read James chapter 1, you will see his audience. James 1.1, it says, James, a servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greetings. So he was writing to the Israelites who were believers. And so they know how they used to repent. Back then, if they need to repent, that's in the Old Testament, they need to put on a sackcloth, pour ashes on themselves, sit down, mourn, cry, and, and do all of those things to repent. And so James is saying that if you've done something wrong, you have erred, you should repent. Now, we know that we don't repent in this dispensation by putting on sackcloth, by pouring ashes on our head. Repentance is first and foremost a change of mind. First and foremost, a change of mind, which in turn leads to a change of attitude and disposition. Repentance is seeing things the way God sees things, and then going to act appropriately. So if you do something wrong, you see it as wrong. Why? Because God sees it as being wrong. And so your disposition towards that is that this is wrong. And then you go ahead and say, okay, God, I I'm sorry, I'm wrong. And that's it. You have repented. You have had a change of mind towards your wrong actions. So James was teaching there a change of mind. Not like the moment you did something wrong. God goes his own way and you go your own way. So you have to draw back to God and then God will now come back to you. No, no, no. I mean, God came to us first. Hallelujah. So you aren't leaving us. In fact, Jesus said he has given us his spirit and that spirit would never leave us. And so when we even go wrong, it is that same spirit of God that is in us that will work in us repentance via God's word. Hallelujah. So the drawing near to God that James was talking about is repentance. Praise God. So right now in Christ Jesus, every one of us have been brought near to God because we have believed in the redemptive sacrifice of Jesus. We have been made near by the blood. So the best you can do is to grow in your understanding of your union with God in Christ Jesus. 
you grow in your understanding because in Christ Jesus God and man have become one as the scripture says he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit within so in Christ Jesus we have been made one God and man have been made one such union such intimacy such closeness we have with God hallelujah so don't relate with God as though you are a stranger you are not a stranger don't relate with him as though he's far away from you he is not far away from you God is not far away from you neither are you a stranger to him there is no distance between God and the believer hallelujah I'll say that again there is no distance between God and the believer so even if it seems to you that you are far away maybe because you have not been consistent with your fellowship with God and your devotion which you should or you're just getting a vibe or having a feeling that there's a gap between you and God it's a feeling it is not true God's word remains the truth we don't work by feelings we work by the word we work with the word of God we go with what God has said and God has said you have been made near by the blood of Christ so whatever feeling you are having you need to make that feeling to align with the truth of God's word so you don't go by the feelings you go by what is written in the word it is written you believe it and that settles it hallelujah so you are sure your heart with the truth that you tell yourself listen there is no gap between me and God he has made me near to him in his son Christ Jesus no distance no barrier no obstacle everything has been pulled down by the reason of what Christ did for me in his redemptive sacrifice hallelujah you know so when we talk about drawing closer to God as it were if you talk about okay let's draw closer to God we should be talking about fellowshipping with the word of God and giving ourselves to prayer consistently fellowshipping with the word of God giving ourselves to prayer consistently this will awaken our understanding and consciousness to the reality that we have been brought close to God already because the kind of relationship we have with God right now we can't be closer I mean God cannot just draw closer we can't we, he can't draw us closer as well but we can grow in our understanding of this truth we can grow in our consciousness of it and then begin to walk in the realities and that is the place of the word and the place of prayer we give ourselves to the word we give ourselves to praying but so doing we enjoy we enjoy the fellowship that we already have we enjoy the intimacy that we already have with God hallelujah so sit to yourself i am not a stranger to god there is no barrier between me and god i am in him and he is in me by his spirit i am a son in god's family i am a citizen of god's kingdom hallelujah thank you lord jesus thank you lord jesus i've been made near by the blood of christ jesus Amen. Glory to God. Thank God for his word and thank God for his spirit. I believe you have been richly blessed by this episode. I encourage you go ahead share it with another believer, one or two believers. Get them to listen to the truth of God's word 
and it's sure going to be a blessing to them as well. Alright, thank you for listening in. Let's catch up again next week Sunday. Cheers. Mm-hmm.